DoorDash is set to IPO, Disney gets a double upgrade today, and there is still no stimulus deal. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. The markets are mixed today with the Dow Jones up just 22 points, NASDAQ down 7 points, and the S&P up 3 points. All the while, the VIX continues to drop. It is now back down 40 cents, only sitting at 20.28, so I am happy with that VIX. A drop below 20, and we could get a bullish move across the entire market to the upside because, as we know, the VIX under 20 will be a very bullish signal to the market. But we have to dig into the headlines of the day, and there are a few of them. First off, and this is typically the first one, it seems, since the pandemic started, COVID-19. The cases continue to rise, the nation now topping 15 million cases with deaths topping 286,000, the seven-day average continues to get closer and closer to 200,000. The UK vaccine rollout started Tuesday, and more lockdowns and restrictions continue to be implemented across the country. Now, on top of this, we have a ton of political stuff going on, including several huge lawsuits out of Texas and so much more, but that is not a worry to us, at least not at the moment. Now, a stimulus deal is still up in the air, as we know. And we have not yet gotten anything on a stimulus deal, um, which is very unfortunate. Now, McConnell, uh, which is the Republican Senate, uh, the Senate leader, he is noting that he is willing to take some things off the table, basically, to reach a deal, say, okay, we just won't include this in the deal if we can't agree on it so we can get something passed, which is a positive progression in my opinion. So lawmakers are close to a deal, at least from the reports that we are seeing right now. And, you know... Today, we have been seeing huge analyst calls, at least on some big names, some calls on some big names, and we have to dig into them. First off, Wells Fargo and KeyBank both initiating Disney and upgrading Disney to overweight, which I think is exactly the right move. Um, you know, you take a look at Disney and it really is becoming a both reopening play and a stay at home play, giving the streaming outlook um, out of Disney. You know, Disney Plus has just been a remarkable success. And I think these two upgrades are definitely um, warranted. Now, Roku, the price target raised to 375 from City. I definitely agree with that. The streaming um, Aurora, the streaming world is here. And at the end of the day, you know, streaming is becoming a part of life. It's becoming a part of society versus your typical cable TV. And I believe that this upgrade was definitely a solid one. Now, we are seeing some names downgraded that have run really far this year. For instance, Zoom was downgraded by JP Morgan today, as well as CrowdStrike, which I don't necessarily agree on CrowdStrike, but I definitely agree on Zoom. And out of those two names, what we're kind of seeing is these huge tech names that have run this year you know, based on this whole entire stay at home play, um, they're starting to get downgraded and for good reason. They've run an extreme amount. You know, Zoom has run so much this year. I forget what they were at at the beginning of the year. I'd have to look it up. But, you know, you take a look at Zoom and they have just blown it out of the water. You know, they're now under 400. They've just blown it out of the water the whole entire year without stopping. And I do believe that a pullback is warranted. You know, they're up 500% in one year. 500%. You know, that's darn near unheard of, typically, um, when you take a look at the stock market. So, you know, in in the whole 
system of the stock market and the whole system of the current, um, I would say, theme that we are in, society that we are in, where things shoot up like crazy. You know, you take a look at this market, you look at Tesla. And tell me what's normal about Tesla in this market. Nothing's normal about Tesla. Nothing is normal about Zoom. These are names that have run so much that it's darn near insane. And when you take that into account, they need time to cool off. And I believe we are starting to see these stay-at-home names get downgraded for that very reason. They have gone up so much this year that they need to cool off at some point. And the analysts believe, the analysts believe that it is going to be very, very soon, possibly the beginning of 2021, that uh, these names cool off. Now, we have another one that I really want to touch on, and it's a semiconductor, Qualcomm, um, noted by Cohen as the best idea of 2021, which I do completely agree with. I think that the semiconductor space is going to be so much bigger than what people think. I think that the semiconductor space is one of the future mega industries. I think it is going to eventually be compared. I think your big dogs like AMD and NVIDIA are eventually going to be compared to your companies like Microsoft and Apple. These monster companies um, are continuing to grow. They're continuing to see huge growth and they continue to hit all-time high sales. You know, and across the whole board, they're all seeing growth and that is very impressive. Now, we have to talk about an IPO today, and that is DoorDash. DoorDash is IPOing. Um, right now, they're selling their shares initially at $102 per share. I expect it to go much higher, and that is already up off of the original price of like $90 per share, so it's already hiking quite a bit, and I believe um, that you know there's a possibility that we get an initial opening jump out of DoorDash from like 102 to 140, you know, so I expect a big jump in these IPO shares given how volatile and bullish this market seems to be, you know, you take a look and 102 bucks a share, they're valuing the company at $32.4 billion. Um, and that is, t that's a tough pill for me to swallow. You know, when I take a look, you know, is this delivery set up the future is food delivery the future i do think it is part of the future but i don't think it's all and i think valuing doordash at 32.4 billion dollars right now and paying 102 bucks a share is a bit crazy um i am not buying shares at the open i am not buying shares today at the ipo i will be waiting to see if the stock pulls back now we have to talk about some major names that me and the team have written some breakdowns on over the past few days and one of those names is amd another semiconductor name now we all know advanced micro devices is a major global semiconductor company that offers various components such as apus and cpus we know this and you know amd is just a company that is on the brink I believe of becoming one of those just always known companies, one of those companies where you don't forget the name because they're so big, they're so prominent. And, you know, we're going to take a look at their earnings and they're absolutely solid. Um, but they also made, you know, an acquisition of Zillinx for $35 billion. This this transaction, $35 billion transaction, um, all stock, and it increases advanced micro devices or AMD's total addressable market to $110 billion. Now, we're going to break down the stock price first according to Trefus Data. If you've never used Trefus Data, um, definitely check them out. You can check them out at, on Twitter at Trefus or on their website. It's also, also offered and integrated directly into the E-Trade platform. Um, but it analyzes what the stock price is based on. And taking a look at this data, we can see that 69.9% of advanced micro devices stock is based on their computing and graphics segment. Now, 
We then take a look further, you know, because that's not all of what the stock's based on. 28.9% of the stock price is based on their enterprise embedded and semi-custom segment. So, you know, it's a smaller segment, but 28% of their stock is based on it. So it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Now, as we said, you know, AMD acquired Zillinks for the all stock $35 billion. It increases their total addressable market to $110 billion. And I'm very bullish on this. Um, you know, in total, AMD's acquisition of Zillinks maintains an estimated enterprise value of roughly $135 billion, uh, according to management. And, you know, management did note that this, quote, brings together two industry leaders with complementary product portfolios and customers, um, you know. So I completely agree. I think it is a great mix. I think Zillinks and AMD are going to form a powerhouse in the semiconductor space. Um, and I am bullish along with management on this one. Now, the numbers they reported right along with that announcement were nothing short of, I would say, stellar. AMD reported a third quarter beat. Um, they reported an EPS of 41 cents, beating the estimates of 36 cents. You know, not only that, but AMD saw record revenue in Q3, reporting $2.801 billion in revenue in Q3. Um, management was also excited to report that operating income totaled $449 million. That's up 141%. Net income totaled $390 million. That's up 225%. Um, this is all on a GAAP basis. You know, and then in short, you know, Q3 revenues, those are up 56% year over year. Gross profit increased 58% to $1.23 billion. Gross margin increased to 44%. I mean, these numbers are stellar numbers, and it's kind of hard not to get in on AMD when you see these stellar numbers coming out of the company consistently. You know, you dig deeper into the numbers in the computing and graphics segment, saw $1.67 billion in revenue, which is up 31%. And then the enterprise embedded and semi-custom segment saw $1.13 billion in revenue, which is up 116% um, throughout Q3. So that is excellent. Guidance was nothing short of stellar as well. When it comes to Q4, guidance management is expecting $3 billion in revenues, representing a 41% year-over-year increase. Management also expects non-GAAP gross margin to be exactly 45% in Q4. So an increase in gross margin in a definite increase in revenues. Now, on a yearly basis, management expects 2020 revenues to grow by 41% as well, which is an increase from the original guidance of 32%. AMD also expects 2020 non-GAAP gross margin to be 45%. So, excellent numbers we are seeing out of the earnings. And, you know, their balance sheet is just as good as their earnings. You take a look at AMD's balance sheet. Total debt, $373 million. Total liabilities, $3.156 billion. Total assets, $7.023 billion. Total cash and short-term investments, $1.771 billion. So their assets and cash and short-term investments far outweigh their liabilities and total debt. And that is exactly what you want to see on a balance sheet. And I like it. Now, on the flip side, the valuation, it has seen an increase. Definitely. With a price to earnings of 131 times, a price to sales of 13 times, a price to book of 29 times. A price to cash flow of 59 times. Yes, the valuation has seen a definite increase, but is it too high? I don't think so. Um, I take a look at the AMD chart. I think it's consolidating. I think it is about to pop off to $100 a share. I think 100 is imminent for AMD. I think they have a bright future, and I think investors are counting that in. I am still bullish on AMD in the semiconductor space. I think if you were to pick a semiconductor right now, it's AMD. Now, management 
solid job. You know, management has not lacked. Um, in fact, it's definitely done well. The return on equity, 28.66%. The return on assets, 14.08%. The return on invested capital, 21.61%. These are all good numbers we're seeing. All good numbers out of AMD. On the balance sheet, on the valuation, on literally every, on the earnings, you know, on the management performance. We are seeing great numbers across the board out of management. And on top of that, we are seeing them make excellent acquisition moves. And, you know, that's exactly what we want to see out of a company of this scale, out of a company that continues to be bullish on every piece of information we get out of them. And I like that they are in an industry, which is also set the boom. So I do, you know, AMD is very attractive to me, even though it has run an extreme amount this year. Now, we have to take in the price targets. You take a look at the mean price target, 90 bucks a share. The high price target, 120 bucks a share. The low price target, $13 per share. Seriously, whoever has that price target, get rid of it. Anyway, you know, I firmly believe that AMD is going to continue to be on the bullish side. The analysts are clearly leaning towards the bullish side of things. I do not think the stock is too far. Um, I think it can go to 100, and I do think it will. So, Taking a look, the big money is also quite involved. 72.21% of AMD is owned by institutions. Top holders include the Vanguard Group, T. Rowe Price Associates, and BlackRock Institutional Trust, the typical big dogs loaded up in the good names. So, overall, I like AMD. I like the technical basis on AMD as well. I think it's consolidating. As I said, I think it's getting ready for another big move to the upside. But there is another name, another name that we have to dig into, and that would be Domino's Pizza. Boy, is that a switch. We went from semiconductors to pizza. Yes, that's exactly what we did. Anyway, we have to talk about Domino's Pizza. And, you know, Domino's is just a consistent winner. Even if they missed on EPS last uh, quarter that they reported, I still like Domino's and we're going to dig into it and why. There's negatives and positives with Domino's, but long term, I like Domino's. Um, And, you know, Domino's Pizza is one of the most well-known pizza restaurant chains in the United States. And we all know that, you know, they have 85 markets around the world, 13,800 locations, you know, and they're consistently growing on a location basis. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, ordering food has become a cornerstone in the public transition to the stay-at-home life. Given this, Domino's has capitalized on the opportunity to grow. You know, if you take a look at Domino's most recent earnings numbers, the company did report mixed results. You know, Domino's missed Q3 EPS expectations of $2.79 by reporting an EPS of $2.49. You know, so I'm not super disappointed by that because the EPS is still up 21.5% year over year. So I'm not disappointed really by that miss. It did miss analyst expectations and that's why the stock got hammered. But, you know, they can still continue to grow. On the flip side, global retail sales grew 14.8% and U.S. same store sales grew by 17.5% throughout the third quarter. And this is where I get into the consistency of Domino's here in a minute. You know, you take a look at Domino's record and the record is just outstanding. Um, taking a look at Domino's record, you can see that the company has now reported international same store sales growth for the 107th consecutive quarter. And then on top of that, US same store sales growth for the 38th consecutive quarter in a row. So this company continues to report great growth consecutively, quarter over quarter, for it feels like forever. Um, and, you know, for, that's why I like them so much. That's why you have to like Domino's because Domino's continues to push growth on a consistent basis. 
And one of the things that investors, at least I as an investor, like the most is consistency in earnings, a consistent growth, a consistent pattern of growth, a consistent pattern of success. And that is exactly what we're seeing out of Domino's. In total, Domino's reported Q3 revenues of $146.9 billion, representing 17.9% growth or a 17.9% increase in revenues throughout the third quarter. Management noted that the quarter's growth was motivated by U.S. retail sales, which is no surprise given that the whole U.S. Um, in the whole entire nation has been on lockdown for literally, it feels like forever, but it's really just been um, throughout the past year. Now, digging in on a final note on earnings, um, net income increased by 14.8% to $12.8 million. Management noted that this increase was mainly due to increased operating income and U.S. sales once again. So, you know, you review the numbers. Domino's, it's a consistent winner. Um, they don't seem to lose when it comes to growth. And that is why I thoroughly enjoy Domino's. Now, total debt, $4.106 billion. Total liabilities, $4.832 billion. Total assets, $1.621 billion. And cash and short-term investments, $450 million. And that is where I have my issue. As I said, Domino's is mixed. Their balance sheet definitely needs improvement. Um, their valuation, given the balance sheet, I would say, you know, it's not too far gone, but it's a bit high for my liking. A price to earnings of 32 times, price to sales of 3.8 times, and a price to cash flow of 30.46 times. You know, the fact that Domino's is this high on valuation, given that balance sheet, is kind of tough. But then you bring in the consistent winning sales, and at the same time, I'm like, eh, maybe not. You take a look um, on management effectiveness. They've been quite effective. Return on assets, 33%. Return on invested capital, 50%. So these numbers aren't bad. These are great numbers um, coming out on a management performance basis. Now, taking in the numbers, the analysts remain very bullish on Domino's. And that is one of the key things I noted here was sediment on Domino's was insane. You know, the mean price target on Domino's is currently 443 bucks per share. That's a 14% gain. The Domino's high price target is 500 bucks a share. That's a 29% gain, probably 30% now. And, you know, on top of that, the low price target is only 380 bucks a share. That's that's only a like 2% loss at this point. So it's looking pretty good on a sediment basis. And what one of the most impressive things, again, was then the, the big money is quite involved. 91%, 91.05% of Domino's is owned by institutions. The top holders include the Vanguard Group, Capital World Investors, BlackRock Institutional Trust, the usual names that are invested in solid investments. So I do like Domino's long-term. Um, I think they will get that balance sheet figured out. They are conceding consistent growth. They're opening stores consistently. And I expect that Domino's will continue to grow. I do not think ordering out is going to end anytime soon. Now, of course, we are going to round out the show with a watch list. And I actually posted a watch list today on Twitter. And we're going to go through these names. Take two, UPS. Both great names. Um, Take-Two has run quite a bit. You might want to wait for a little bit of a pullback on Take-Two. Maybe nibble on it. I think it can continue to run the 200, but it has run an extreme amount over the past few weeks. Um, That was one we called a while back. And, well, if you got in on it, congratulations. You made a lot of money on it. Um, UPS, solid name. I think it's a buy still. You know, Lockheed Martin, still a solid buy in my book. Boeing, a solid buy in my book. Disney, a solid buy. Amazon a buy. Walmart, a buy. CrowdStrike, a little high. Wait for a pullback. It's run up an extreme amount off of those earnings numbers. Starbucks, 
super high for me. Over 100 bucks a share. Um, I think it needs to pull back just a little, cool off just a little before I start getting in on Starbucks once again. PayPal, Visa, Square, literally the financial names of the future. I like all three of them. AMT, the ultimate 5G play. If you're looking to get in on like the 5G uh, superstructure, for instance, they own the most cell towers um, out there and they are going to benefit from 5G greatly. Apple, you know, they just came out with some awesome new over-the-ear AirPod Maxes is I believe what they are called. Um, the stock has been quite bullish. I like Apple. Um, I think they are a long-term winner and I think you can pretty much buy and hold Apple at this point for quite a while. What else do we have on the watch list? CRM, ServiceNow, both great names. Bristol Myers, Teladoc, Chegg, Google, all great names I am noting here. And you know, Teladoc I think is one of the most underrated names in the entire market. I mean, that stock has just not been moving. It has been getting hammered. Um, and when it, whenever it tries to make a bullish move to the upside, it gets hammered again. And it makes no sense to me. Teladoc is a company of the future. Eventually, I believe we are all going to be zooming in to our doctors um, practically. I call it zooming in, FaceTiming in, whatever you want to call it. They're, we're only going to the doctor's office virtually. It's safer. It's cleaner. It's more efficient. It's faster. Um, and at the end of the day, Teladoc is pioneering that world. And I firmly believe that Teladoc is a long-term winner. Facebook. Facebook isn't going anywhere. They connect darn near half the world's population. Facebook is going nowhere. I like Facebook. It's becoming a marketplace more than a social media platform, which I like. Um, so I do like Facebook. Waste management, another great name. Tesla, a monster, but it has run an extreme amount. There's an offering coming up, at least from the sounds of it. Maybe hold off on Tesla, see if a pullback arises. I highly doubt it, but it might. And GM, they are getting in on the electric car game. It seems they have finally learned from the winners of the space, Tesla, that this market is going to continue to rise. Um, and, you know, I take a look at Tesla, I take a look at GM, and GM needs to do exactly what Tesla did, I believe, to live in the car space. I think darn near half the autos need to take a look at Tesla and be like, okay, we need to mimic what Tesla is doing because clearly Tesla's the winner and we're the loser um, and we need to up our game. And that is exactly what GM is doing. And then finally, GE and Honeywell. If Boeing does well, GE and Honeywell, well, they do well. So I like GE and Honeywell as well coming in to 2021 and coming out of the pandemic. That is my little watch list rundown for the day. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. We will be back on Friday. If you want to follow me and my team at Running With The Money, that's the handle on Instagram and Facebook. Also follow me personally on Twitter at Luke Donay, where you can get literally all of me and my team's content on Twitter. Everything's posted there live as we write it published to you directly. Um, also subscribe to our email list on runningwithmoney.com and also check out some awesome stock market oriented gear that we produced specifically for investors and day traders at runningwithmoney.shop. Thank you all for listening. This was another successful episode. I will see you Friday. Eat, sleep, profit, and trade on.